0: And over to you. Right, well, we can't guarantee what truth is. Um, It's something like a a piece of rope that it looks good, but it's only when we test it and we seek to use it to put our weight of our lives on it uh, that we find that it is truth for us. So truth is revealed. In, in, in the Bible, and we, as we explore that together in the next few minutes. But we've got to try these things out in our lives. So I'll just start up. I'm going to use a PowerPoint this morning. Right. Oh, we got to. I can never write. That's lovely. With all the Zoom, on the technical things, all the Zoom stuff at the top, top bar, it hides the uh, uh, things for the PowerPoint. So thank you, Jenny, for a wonderful introduction to Palm Sunday, especially the picture of the Warrior King with the sword, um, because that's what many people wanted. Grasping Jesus' mission and message, then and now. We should not be content just with putting together pieces of the usual jigsaw, together with familiar Bible verses, but always looking at the bigger picture, facing key questions and doing detective work together. So what has been going on through that Bible record is a struggle for an independent Jerusalem, an independent temple for God, for Yahweh alone, for God alone. So we remember going back in history, the, uh, the independent states, the independent nation of David and Solomon gradually broke up and then it was overtaken by Uh, the Babylonians and then the Assyrians. For a long period uh, they didn't have any opportunity to worship God and then they were allowed to come back and rebuild uh, the temple. One of the struggles the Jewish people have always had is that other peoples of nations, tribes, were happy to add another god or two to their collection including worshipping the Roman emperor. For instance, here we have in Greek culture there were many gods, Zeus, Aphrodite, Hera, Hermes, and so the Romans adopted many of their gods, changed their names. They adopted some of the Syrian gods, in the the central group is, is Baal, and uh, the Egyptian gods. So they, they were happy to, to, to bring all these different gods together and they would pray to them and see if if they had a little shrine or built a temple. If that worked then and they got good fortune then they, they stuck with it, they were happy with it. The followers of the Jews and later the followers of Jesus's way known as Christians, which we're familiar with, were firstly committed to God and that way received a lot of persecution. And that was why a lot of people in the early church uh, faced persecution and even death, because they could not say, we are willing to um, uh, worship, uh, give a, a, a prayer offering to the Roman emperor. So here's a couple of questions for us early on. Is it okay to use violence? And does God need a building? So hang on to those questions. Just before Jesus' life on earth, the Jewish peoples and their leaders were desperate to become independent again. And they were very successful in a military resistance, often using guerrilla warfare against the Syrian Greek army or if you uh, want to look it up on the internet, uh, the Seleucids. And here's the man, the leader who did it, Judah Maccabees, called the Hammer. So this is just 160, 150 years before Jesus was born, so not, not long at all. Here's a picture of him looking a bit like Braveheart from the the film. This is the kind of image that they wanted. Here we have Judah who says no. Uh, I'm not sure with the pictures on the right hand side of people. Uh, If you want to uh, remove those, You can minimize them so you can see the full screen. So Judah who always said no, and here's a a magazine with the little boy Judah who's saying no to the mighty Roman army, mighty army that's facing him. And this is a story behind Hanukkah, if you know of any Jewish practices, so that they defeated the Syrian Greek army and they uh, relit the candles the, uh, the lamps, as Dan said, shared with us, relit those in the temple. That was important time. So this is what is celebrated in Hanukkah. And Judah Maccabees is something of a, yeah, of a Jewish hero even today. Things took a turn for the worse, and eventually Herod the Great uh, took the throne of uh, Judah under Roman power. He was known for the genocide of children in Bethlehem, do you remember when? He felt threatened by news of this king and he was informed by the wise men, the sages from the east, so he had all the kids killed. A lot of paranoia, assassinating anyone he did not trust, including uh, his uh, Members of his own family, even his wives, but is often remembered for building vast projects like uh, the hilltop fortress of Masada, Herodium, and of course Jerusalem and the enlarged temple. Also brought a rise of unrest; people unhappy with his his greed, his selfishness, lack of justice, and they wanting a true king. Wanting defeating both the Romans and Herod. So these are all the things that are going on amongst the people that Jesus was born into, that Jesus grew up in. Now, I mentioned it before, I do encourage you to have a look at um, some of the videos of the Gospels, um, particularly the LUMO project. You can find it on YouTube and you can we've got DVDs in the church if you want to borrow them you can find them on Netflix but it's a wonderful saying, way of seeing the big picture some of the issues that were going on and and uh, how how they coped and how Jesus and his disciples responded. The Palm Sunday that Luke and other Gospels record is is far darker and far-reaching so we can imagine Jesus going up from Bethany it's quite steep hill get to the top of the Mount of Olives and you get a beautiful view over the city of Jerusalem and uh, for all Herod's motives and the oppression of false labour building it, an incredible building below him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Well, Hosanna is actually a plea to save us, and the people were actually desperate. As Jesus came in from the east, Pilate The Roman leader and the Roman legion came in from the west of Jerusalem. They came up from Caesarea on the coast. They came to make sure that at Passover there was no trouble, no rioting. It was a heavy Roman presence. Also Caiaphas, the high priest, had decided to kill the revolutionary Jesus. Why? That's perhaps something we can ask ourselves questions. Why did they want to get rid of him. I think it's a great Christian teacher who said, uh, nobody gets killed just for being a nice guy. So why was Jesus a threat to them? Faith leaders then and a lot of people today even uh, have a lot of contact with the brutal Roman army of the time or people today around the world have a lot of contact with the um, the rulers of different nation-states and so many of the priests were tempted to be corrupt seeking wealth and power not serving God they were about self-interest perhaps they also wanted to were frightened that Jesus might bring a revolution, which would bring more persecution, more trouble with the Romans. So they wanted a quiet life. So I thought, as we do these days, have a quick YouGov poll. What do you want Jesus to be? What do you want Jesus as? Do you want him as a military leader, to kick out the Roman army, a warrior king? Do you want someone who will purify the leaders of the beloved temple but leave everything else as it is? For this case we'll call him a holy king. Or only a few grasp the vision of Jesus that he kept talking about, his kingdom of compassion and justice, the servant king. So in a poll, who do you think people would uh, vote for? Who would you vote for? Things moved on, we've seen one of the rare accounts recording how Jesus publicly wept and a reminder that we have got a God of such a deep heart and sadness for what we as human beings do and don't do. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. What a wonderful picture, a powerful picture, but you were not willing. Luke's accounts, slightly different. He approached Jerusalem and saw the city. You wept over it. If you, even you, had known on this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. He went on, The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you, and encircle you, and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you. That's tough words from Jesus in the midst of weeping. Well, the Jewish people did continue to battle against and push back against Rome. And eventually an army of 70,000 troops and siege engines under the leadership of Titus surrounded Jerusalem in AD 70 just before the Passover in April. By September, it's estimated 100,000 were dead from starvation and fighting. Even, sadly, the groups of Jewish people, fighters within the city, uh, fell out with one another and they attacked one another's groups. It was a horrible, horrible mess. About this time, it's recorded that the Christians fled a city and uh, moved into Galilee and uh, into what we call Jordan now. And the temple and the city were raised to the ground. This is less than 35-40 years after Jesus spoke about it. Zealot rebel leaders were captured by Titus were paraded in Rome. And if you go to Rome right next to the Colosseum, you'll see uh, a memorial arch that was built by Titus uh, that includes this uh, fresco, this scene here. And you can see the menorah from the temple that it's been taken with all the other treasures. So, defeat of the Jews. And destruction of the temple was a big, big, big thing for the Romans because they were troublemakers, they were flying the ointment, and now they'd been defeated. Some important significance for us, as well as the terrible sadness of lives that are lost. The temple could no longer be used as a focus for Jewish Christians. They could no longer stay safely in Jerusalem. And so they they moved over to Paul's vision of the uh, Christianity that would fit in with, with, with Greek and Roman uh, believers. Christians were dispersed around the empire and often discipling and starting new church communities. Very importantly, we can come back to this later, the physical temple and the sacrifices were no longer needed as part of our human relationship with God. That had been in place, as we we read about in the Old Testament, for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, but it was no longer needed the temple had gone. Paul of Tarsus understood this and said, you are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. He spoke to Jewish and Gentile Christian believers in Corinth. You are the temple of God's Holy Spirit, not a a curtained-off room in the building. He said, behave like it. And looking at the last book of the Bible, um Just a glimpse there in Revelation 21. As John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. It's important that there is no temple in this new Jerusalem because God is among men. God is putting himself into our lives through his Holy Spirit. There's no need for another temple. Taking ourselves back, Jesus enters the temple courtyard. There's some disagreement on what day, but that doesn't really matter. I think that's got the ring of truth of these different accounts. But Jesus suddenly lashed out and attacked the moneylenders. The animal cellars in the outer courtyards. He was concerned that they were not, well, they needed to uh, change money from their, uh, money from the country they came from, uh, into money that could be uh, used to pay the temple tax. That was agreed and people needed to buy animals because many had travelled from across the Roman world to take part in Passover and they needed to buy animals there. But there was extortion going on and uh, that's what Jesus was so angry about. Even after this attack, Jesus was not arrested. He was too popular with the crowds, so the leaders were frightened of him. The scriptures say my house is a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. This is an incredible example of, of God's anger at uh, injustice and greed and extortion. And then, in Mark's account, Jesus had to look round, and left the temple and went back to Bethany. In the picture here, the path can still be seen from the bottom of the, the Kidron Valley there, going up the hillside. It's a modern picture; you can see motor coaches uh, at the bottom. This is actually a picture I took on a trip. And it would have been so easy for Jesus, seeing all the tension all the conflict, would have been so easy for Jesus to have walked away, back up the hill, back to Bethany, stay with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and then perhaps move back up to Galilee, where he had a welcome at Capernaum amongst the fishermen, but he knew he had to move forward on his vision and his mission. So we stayed and kept walking back to the temple each day, talking to people. And again, each of us can uh, have a read of that for ourselves through watching it on video or reading through the Bible. I'd encourage you to do that. All these things that Jesus is teaching at a time of great tension. So for us, What do we want Jesus as? We want him as a warrior king. Lots of people focused on make my nation state great again. Do we want a a holy king? Perhaps more of what I'm familiar with. Such as, you know, God watching over me, blessing me and my family. Some churches even talk about God will give us, and the main focus is God will give us health and wealth and happiness because we look to him. Or were you ready to see Jesus' vision of the servant king? And only a few grasped that vision, Jesus' kingdom of God, his compassion and justice. But there was enough to share that message. Through Jerusalem, through the Middle East and ultimately that message came to us here on the northwest of Europe, that we can know God. So in summary, there are very few easy answers. We cannot do them for, from the armchair. We need the courage to ask ourselves difficult questions. Remember, we have a a wonderful legacy from William and Catherine Booth, starting the Salvation Army, who asked questions in a new radical way. And within 20 or 30 years, the Christian Church in Britain was radically different. So wonderful history and encourage everyone to, to read about it, find out about it and some of the questions we need to ask ourselves today. So here's some. What options or choices faced Jesus as he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday? How can we today rediscover Deepen being a radical servant church community? And think about times when we do we have to swim against the tide It's hard work following Jesus, and we might have to speak about things that other people uh, don't see a problem with. What parts of our culture, or even wider church culture, are okay? But what time, when are times when we have to swim against the tide? So let us finish our time in prayer pray for one another. Lord free us from any shackles of our past and culture and guide us to share the journey with you as servants in your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you John. I'm just gonna stop the recording.